Star Wars 7x7 episode 2609. Today, we're going to start our dive into the original trilogy versions of Star Wars What If, if you will, which was called Star Wars Infinities back in the day. And the New Hope version centers around this idea. What if Luke Skywalker didn't blow up the Death Star? And we're going to talk about seven shocking moments from how the story unfolds from that point. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy and thank you so much for joining me for it. So the what if version of A New Hope, which was called Star Wars Infinities A New Hope, came out in 2001 and it was a four issue comic book limited series starting off with the premise as I mentioned at the top, what if Luke Skywalker did not destroy the Death Star? Well, <laughs> here's what happens, I guess the seven shocking moments the way the story unfolds from that point, which funnily enough it kind of ends up in the same place anyway, but yeah, that seems to be a tradition of what-if stories to some degree. So anyway, first shocking moment obviously is that he doesn't blow it up, but the particulars of that blow up are that there's a torpedo malfunction and so the Death Star is damaged to the point where it can't blow up the fourth moon of Yavin and so it just can take a, a really bad shot at it basically and Luke kind of loses his cool and as the Empire sends TIE fighters to try to corral the rest of the rebellion he tries to take on the whole Empire by himself shades of that line from the Empire Strikes Back where Dax like I feel like you can take on the whole Empire myself except this isn't one of those like positive things this is like as it's described in Wikipedia near insanity but Han Solo manages to convince him that it's no use and they jump to hyperspace where once they rendezvous and are together Han and Luke get into a fight where Luke accuses him of trying to abandon the rebellion and it comes to blows and Luke is about to kill him with his lightsaber when the ghost of Obi-Wan appears and tells him no that's the dark side and go to Dagobah so we're kind of getting the story back on a similar track. All right, the second shocking detail about this story is that although the leaders of the rebellion are captured and brought to the Death Star for execution, Leia is not. Instead, Leia is brought to Coruscant and she has to face the Emperor and Darth Vader and Darth Vader decides to start training her in the dark side of the Force. And there's no mention about whether they know that Leia is Darth Vader's daughter or anything like that, but apparently they're able to sense some latent force ability in her, at least Vader is, and so, yeah, that happens. I guess he didn't spend enough time around her on the Death Star in the original New Hope, the way it unfolded, to be able to sense that, or maybe, maybe he did, I don't know, maybe it was mixed in with sensing the presence of Obi-Wan, too. I, I don't know, could be it could be any number of things. But anyway, the point is Leia is getting trained as a Sith lady, which is crazy. Now, part three, or the third thing I want to share is, you know, I guess it's not necessarily a shocking bit of information, but it is, it puts me in mind of Avengers Endgame in a sense, because, you know, Endgame is, you know, a bit of a story that happens in the beginning and a longer story that happens many years later. Well, this is kind of the end of that first part of the story, which is that 
Luke and Han and Chewie and R2 are actually on Dagobah for a couple of months and Han and Chewie are just hanging out there repairing the Falcon while Luke is beginning his training with Yoda and Han and Chewie basically say, all right, you know, we're going to get back to our old lives and if you ever need a ride off this, you know, crazy place, then just give us a call and we'll come back for you. And now we jump to the fourth thing to share, which is the thing that kind of made me think of Avengers Endgame because five years later... <laughs> after they leave Luke on Dagobah. Five years later, we jump ahead, and it's the fifth anniversary of the defeat of the Rebellion by the Empire. And to celebrate, the Empire has a big event, and they rename the Death Star the Justice Star, and they send it on an eclipse path at Coruscant to create a ceremony around it. And at the time, Leia is now a fully trained Sith lady and convinces what's described as a dying Palpatine, yeah, we'll see about that, to reinstate the Imperial Senate. So it's five years later now, there's no rebellion, and yeah, everything is in theory peaceful again, at least, you know, a really oppressive kind of peace naturally. But Han and Chewie see a broad cast about this on the holonet and that of course you know makes them mad like he didn't know that leia was alive and not only is leia alive but she's working for the empire now and so he's like all right that's it we got to get out of here he and chewy <laughs> beat feet and they're on ord mantel actually funnily enough and that's obviously from empire strikes back where they ran into bounty hunters that made them change their minds about <laughs> what they should be doing but in this case it's the exact opposite instead of running from the rebellion to take care of their debts. They're running from what they've been doing to kind of restore the rebellion of a sort, eh, kind of. And so that brings us to point five, which is them arriving back on Dagobah five years later. So Luke trains on Dagobah for five whole years and he has a vision in the cave, but funnily enough, he doesn't see his face initially in Vader's helmet. He sees Leia's face, which is crazy, but obviously makes sense since she's turning into a Sith lady, but he goes through training with Yoda and has to go into the cave over and over again and finally has like a successful cave visit. But it's not until Han and Chewie arrive back on Dagobah and say, hey, we got to get out of here. Things are crazy that Yoda says, oh, by the way, Luke, Darth Vader's your father and Leia's your sister. So he was keeping that information from Luke for five whole years while they were training, which is nuts. I mean, you know, when you think about The Empire Strikes Back, obviously, you know, time is a little slippery in that movie. And I think I've heard six months as a, you know, common uh, means of calculating the time that he's on Dagobah training with Yoda while Han and Leia and 3PO and Chewie are on the run from the Empire before they get to Bespin. But yeah, that's, you know, it's different. And then, you know, throw in the year between Empire and Jedi. So it's a year and a half before he finds out once he has contact with Yoda. No, this time it's five years, five years of day-to-day -day contact, amazingly enough. So sixth fun thing to share, sixth shocking thing to share is that the showdown that happens in Return of the Jedi where Lucas forced to face Vader, even though he doesn't want to kill him or hurt him or anything like that. Well, 
in this Infinity story, that actually happens with Leia instead of Vader. So the Emperor says to Vader, hey, give your lightsaber to your apprentice there and let's watch them fight. So Luke and Leia have the climactic lightsaber battle, but Luke is able to reach Leia and reveal the truth that Vader's the dad, he's the brother, and is able to redeem her to the light side of the Force, which doesn't, of course, make Sheev Palpatine very happy, and he starts Force Lightning zapping them, but then... Vader slash Anakin says no and starts attacking Palpatine and that ultimately is how Luke and Leia along with Han and Chewie are able to get off of Coruscant. This is where the showdown happens on Coruscant. But Anakin and Palpatine meeting their end? Well that happens differently and this is the seventh shocking thing. This is crazy. So while Luke and Han and Chewie and a 3PO actually it says an aggressively programmed 3PO which I can't wait to find out more about while they're busy trying to rescue Leia, well, Yoda and R2-D2 go to the Death Star, and Yoda apparently mind-tricks Admiral Tarkin into giving over control of the station, and Yoda pilots the Justice Star into Coruscant. Like, he takes the Death Star on a suicide run to the Emperor's Palace and destroys it by crashing the Death Slash Justice Star into the planet. Now, I imagine that Palpatine probably had enough time to see that coming for him to be able to transfer his body off to another clone, which would allow sequel trilogy stuff to happen the way it did. But yeah, that's insane. And so that essentially allows us to be in a very similar place to where we were with the end of Return of the Jedi, in that Vader and Palpatine have been killed, or at least, you know, apparently killed, and so the Empire's hold on the galaxy has been removed. They cut to a few years later for a little epilogue where Leia is now a Supreme Chancellor of the Republic, even though I guess she was very visibly on the dark side previously, so I guess they were okay with that. And Anakin is now a force ghost, so he's been redeemed to the light, and Yoda is too, and it's happily ever after. And that is the wild story of the what-if version of A New Hope, that's also known as Star Wars Infinities, or at least what it was actually called, <laughs> just applying the what-if concept to it. And that is going to do it for this episode of the show. It just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it, as always, and may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Seven is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited, by their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.